freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be joining you today as always with a very special edition of the program as we are on the 143rd episode, which is base Red Pilled Epic. Very excited to be with you. Starting today with some somber news. A 41-year-old driver admits to intentionally running over and killing a Republican teenager in North Dakota due to a political dispute. A political dispute, a disagreement between these two people, a 41-year-old man and an 18-year-old child, led the 18-year-old to being ran over with a car and dying. Shannon Brandt, was the name of the 41-year-old that decided to run over the 18-year-old. Kaylor Ellingston. Ellingson. And I want you all to say his name. When people mention that, well, political violence only happens to, to black people on the left when, when, when this and that happens. Remember this young man. He was 18 years old. Two years older than me. And because he was a Republican, he was ran over by a car. According to Inforum, Ellingston had been participating in a street dance Saturday night, and when it wrapped up, he noticed that Brandt was following him. Uh, Ellingston called his mother to ask for help, but it was too late. Moments later, Brandt slammed into him with his car in an alleyway, killing the team. He claimed that Ellington ha- or Ellingson has been part of a Republican extremist group and had ordered others to come after him following a political argument. According to police, Brandt was drunk at the time. Other than that, very little is known as to what has happened. We do not know of any witnesses. We are still making attempts to in- interview potential witnesses from the street dance, people that were present prior to the crash happening. Brandt, who Ellingson's mother knew, was ordered to be held on $50,000 bail. 
However, he declined, citing his job, family, and house as reasons why he should not be considered a flight risk. As it stands, Brandt could be... Uh, could face a minimum of 10 years in prison, the maximum of, of, of 20. However, if more serious charges are laid against him, his sentence could be much longer. So we have here an instance that is not being fully reported in the mainstream. I went to the post-millennial for this piece. It's not being reported by CNN, MSDNC, the Washington Post, the New York Times, at least not that I've seen. Fox News has ran a digital piece about it, and I think Tucker Carlson mentioned it on his program, but I'm not too sure about that either. And that's it. This young man who had a differing political view from a 41-year-old man is now dead. 18 years old. Think think of that. I want to keep repeating that because I need people to get that through their head. This was an 18-year-old child. He was just barely fresh legal adult. He was having a good time with his friends. And because he was a Republican, he was struck down. And the the man, the the $50,000 man, so to speak, or the bail, the man was let free. Because he wasn't a flight risk, because he has a job. First off, $50,000 after slaughtering someone because of a political dispute is too little of a bail. I'm sorry. But second, why was he let out on bail, period? January 6th defendants who walked into the Capitol building for three minutes and walked out are being locked up for however long, forever, in solitary confinement before they even have a trial. And this man's let out on a $50,000 bail for nothing. Or pretty much for nothing. If you realize how important this truly is, you have to do something about it. This kid, this gentleman, should be alive right now. I don't know the involvement that Kaylor Ellingson had in politics. I don't know if he was an intern, if he was a commentator, if he was a social media a media person. I don't know what he what he did. But I know that he should be alive right now. So we're going to move on. I, I want to say rest in peace to the gentleman who passed away, the young man, 18 years old, two years older than me who passed away because of a, of, a, of a political dispute. And by the way, I, I don't want to make this political, but if this was a Republican who struck down a Democrat, it would be in every newspaper, be on, on the front page of every newspaper across the nation. Just want to remember, I remind you of that. So we're going to move on to some legislation in the House, if you even want to cover that. (laughs) Because the House invokes a January 6th to pass a bill modifying the Electoral College certification process, quote, to prevent other future unlawful efforts to overturn presidential elections and to ensure peaceful, future peaceful transfers of presidential power. On Wednesday evening, the House passed a bill that aims to modify the process in which the Electoral College certifies its votes during an election season. 
The Presidential Election Reform Act, or H.R. 8873, passed in the House chamber in a 229-203 vote, with nine Republicans voting alongside Democrats in the days, according to the Washington Post. The bill, which was written by Republican Liz Cheney and Democrat Zoe Lofgren, specifically invokes the Capitol riot on January 6, 2021, and former President Trump has reasons that the Electoral Count of 1887 should be amended to prevent other future unlawful efforts to overturn presidential elections and to ensure future, tr- future peaceful transitions of presidential power. In addition, the law affirmed that the sitting vice president would have no role in the process beyond being a figurehead, barring them from changing the results a measure that references Trump's push to have Pence reject electoral votes on January 6th. All right, I- I'm stopping there in this piece. This is also from the Postmillennial. If the vice president did not have the power to stop fraudulent electoral votes from being counted, if he did not have that power, why are they taking it away? Mike Pence had the full legal power to reject a fraudulent election on January 6th, 2021. The full legal power. They wouldn't have to amend something that didn't exist. If they didn't already have the power, they wouldn't be taking it, they wouldn't be taking it away. Mike Pence could have done the lawful thing. Uh, here's a statement from the bill. No, no person acting under color of law shall willfully fail or refute to tabulate, count, or report any vote that is timely cast and is otherwise valid under applicable state and federal law or certify the uh, uh, grudgeable tabulations of such votes, or certify the election of the candidates receiving sufficient such votes to be elected to office. Legal challenges are not improper, but Donald Trump's refusal to abide by the rulings of the court certainly was, Cheney said during House debate on the measure. In our system of government elections in the states determine who is the president, our bill does not change that, but the bill will prevent Congress from illegally choosing the president itself. Let's see here, folks. I'm going to take bets. How long will it take after November? uh, What what day will it be in in 2024? The election. How long will it take uh, from November 5th, 2024, for Democrats to do everything in their power to revoke this bill if it gets enacted into law? To do everything in their power to take this bill away, get it out of play, because they're going to try to overturn the election, folks. They're going to try to do their playbook in 2016, their playbook in 20, uh, 2004, and 2000. Every time a Republican is ran, they're going to try to take over their power and take over and, and say they won the election anyway. We're going to have a Republican House at that point. We're going to have a Republican House pretty much for the rest of, of the next few years, I believe. Uh, we're going to have a Republican Senate for as long as I can imagine. If this year goes well, we'll get into that later in the episode as well. But let's see that this bill, let's see how long it takes them from November 5th, 2024 to try to revoke this bill, get it out of law so they can try to overturn the rightful winning of Donald Trump for the third time. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. 
gopjosh.com is the best way to learn more about the program, learn more about me and social media and my program and my network, redfutureradio.com. 574-675-6747 is our public phone number, 57GOPJosh7. Text or call that number, 57GOPJosh7, and get involved and just, just call the program. We'll play your clip on the air. If you call in with a something to actually talk about. While we're talking about the House, which we did last segment, tomorrow the Republicans are supposed to unveil their new contract to America. Newt Gingrich has been working on this behind the scenes. We remember how bigly that worked last time around. Let's see how it works this time in taking back the House and the Senate, hopefully, here in the next couple years or the next couple weeks as the election is right around the corner. If you're not already registered to vote, Make sure you get out and vote. I think it's USA.gov, isn't it? USA.gov is how you can register to vote today. You should click on that page there. Um, actually, is, is this how you register to vote? Uh, register to vote. I wasn't prepared to this. I just decided to start talking about this, so I want to find the website. Vote.org. I think it's a left-wing organization, but it will do the job. Vote.org is the best way to register that I can find online. Right away, you can click in here. It probably brings you right to the website of the state you're in. Vote.org, the homepage. So it goes to either check your registration or register to vote. They will find out if you're registered and register you. I'm sure this is a left-wing organization, but it does the job. Gets you registered to vote. Vote Vote.org if you're not already registered for the 2022 midterms. The deadlines in many states are coming up very soon if they don't have same-day registration. So make sure you get out and vote. Gas prices, folks, something that the left has been praising, and it's going to go right silent again pretty soon. The Biden administration started draining our oil reserves to get the lower prices down and lower the gas prices in the country by draining our reserves, by doing this and that behind the scenes. And he did a good job there for a while. I, I will give him that at lowering the prices. But now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, gas prices are going up. From the CNN business, the historic streak of falling U.S. gas prices is over. After sinking every day for more than three months, U.S. gas prices edged higher by a penny to 368 a gallon on the average Wednesday, according to AAA. That ends 98 consecutive days of falling gas prices, the second longest such streak on record going back to 2005. The price today is 3684, which is up from yesterday. Current average nationwide. Yesterday it was 0.3861 a gallon of gas in our state of Ohio. It's a little lower, 347 for our Ohio listeners. The Deep South doing great once again with their gas prices. The radical left, uh, West Coast, California not doing great with over $5 a gallon. So this begs the question, are they going to call in for backup? The first time they drained our oil reserves, that's over. They can't do that anymore. They're running out. They can't ask Russia for oil. They can't rush. ask China for oil. They can't ask Saudi Arabia for more oil. What are they going to do, folks? Are they going to go back to the energy policies of Donald Trump? Are they going to call in Donald Trump, ask him, what did you do? How would you get these gas prices so low? What are they going to do? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Josh at GOPJosh.com is how you can email the program. 
I genuinely think they're going to try to see how it goes. Just let it ride. Because nothing they can do at this point on September 22nd, 2022, I think it's 47 days from the election, if that, they'll be able to do at this point will counteract what has already been done and counteract the, the damage that's already been done to our energy policy. Folks, Republicans have a good shot here. And I don't want to say we have to use tragedy to pass our political beliefs and get our politicians into office, but the left doesn't care about the economy. They don't care about gas prices. Left-wing politicians, that is. The people do. But their politicians don't care. They're running, well, abortion, ma, abortion, ma, abortion. They're not saying, well, we're going to work on this to lower the gas prices. We're going to work on this to lower energy costs. We're going to work on this to lower grocery costs. They're not doing that. And because the economics behind it has been so lackluster, gas prices are going up again. And the policy behind it has been so lackluster, gas prices are going up again. What's Biden going to do? Because he, he was his fault when they fell. It wasn't his fault when they went up the first time, but it was his fault when they fell. Is it his fault this time? If he's been actively working to lower the gas prices, is it his fault that they're going up again? I'd like to know what you think. I think it is. I think it has been his fault the whole time. I think some of the work he did to lower them worked to lower them. I think the work that he did to raise them in the first place, going them up dollars and dollars and dollars from last year, I think that also worked at raising them, and I believe that was his fault. But the, he's not going to take the blame. He's going to say, well, MAGA extreme Republicans are buying up too much gas, and, and people are driving too many gas cars, and if you had a Tesla, this wouldn't happen. Everyone but Biden is going to be to blame. Everyone but Biden will be blamed in this instance. And we'll just see where it goes. We'll, we'll see how this works out for them in the midterms. The elections are all, are just around the corner. I think we're about done with primary season. General election is on the rise. What's going to be their October surprise? I, I really want to know. It's coming up soon. They're going to have to do something. Republicans are going to succeed in November without their crazy October surprise. Is COVID going to be back? Do they have to mail in votes again? What's going to happen? Well, I'm so excited. I, I, I love covering elections. I love covering the state of our country, even when it's not the best, even when it's not what we should be seeing in a republic that Donald Trump won. I mean, he won the election, frankly. So we'll see. But these gas prices are going up. If it's hurting you, I'm sorry. And, well, make your voices heard in November, folks. That's how you can change your policy. That's how you can change gas prices. That's how you can physically change them is by paying attention and making your voice heard in November. So some attorney generals, some Republican attorney generals, as we move on, will be backing Donald Trump in the court fight over Mar-a-Lago documents. Uh, Ken, uh, Texas's Ken Paxson and 10 other GOP state attorney generals came to the, to the defense of former President Trump on Tuesday, last Tuesday, the last day of this program. Actually, I didn't know about that this story then. In his legal fight over documents the FBI seized last month, fighting, uh, filing an uh, ambiguous brief in the federal appellate court that argued the Biden administration could not be trusted. In a 21-page document that repeated 
numerous white right-wing talking points, but experts said broke little new legal ground. The officials accused the Biden administration of ransacking Mar-a-Lago. Let's see, etc., etc. Let's see how many, if, if there's a list of these attorney generals. Uh, Texas, Florida, Indiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Louisiana, South Carolina, Utah, and West Virginia are the people who are in this whole debacle. The, the attorney generals on the front lines fighting for the rule of law. And this is an Ohio program, Ohio-based program. You're listening nationwide wherever you get your podcasts or on at redfutureradio.com or, or on the radio maybe. But this is an Ohio-based program, and I'm proud of that. I'm not proud of our attorney general here. Come on, Dave Yost. You've done so much against the Biden administration. You, you talk of so much about at your events about how you're fighting against the Biden administration. Why aren't you fighting for Donald Trump? He endorsed you. Where are you at? Where are you at? <laughs> That's what I want to know, Mr. Dave Yost. You should be in this fight. You should be one of the – if West Virginia and Kentucky can be in it, we can be in it too. Just round out that little trifecta there. The term executive privilege is only mentioned once in the filing. The text doesn't provide new information that could help determine whether the government documents found at Trump's property are classified. The privilege is usually invoked to shield executive branch communications from Congress or the courts, not from an agency within the branch itself, such as the Justice Department, and it yada, yada, yada. The raid on Mar-a-Lago was government overreach. It was done by the government against a possible future government official who they know is going to run for government again. Donald Trump's going to run for president again. We all know that. And it should be handled by the government. Donald Trump is still a public figure in the government. His name is probably invoked more on the House floor, on the Senate floor, than Joe Biden's name. So why is he, why is it only 11 attorney generals that are standing up for him? Only 11 people that are elected by the people think this is a good fight. What else do attorney generals have going for them? What else do they have to do at this point besides stand up for the man that stood up for them? These are all Republicans. They wouldn't be in their position if it wasn't for Donald Trump. They really wouldn't. They should be standing up for him and the rule of law. And Dave Yost... And other attorney generals across the nation, all all of you, all of you, should be fighting against the illegal attack of Mar-a-Lago, the illegal siege of Mar-a-Lago, the politically provoked attack of Mar-a-Lago. And remember that when you go to the ballot box, which ones stood up for you, which ones stood up for your belief, stood up for your president, and which ones decided that that was too much of a hot take, too much of, of something to actually do with their position. So, so take that how you will. Decide that how you will. And, I mean, that'll be up to you when you go to the ballot box. But I personally believe that you should support attorney generals that stood up for Donald Trump and stood up for you. Stood up for you as an American person that voted for Donald Trump and supported Donald Trump and maybe futurely pro- uh, may in the future be prosecuted just like Donald Trump. When we return here on the Conservative Crusader Red Future Radio Network, Mitch McConnell would rather lose the Senate than his leadership status. Self-absorbed 
Turtle Mitch, Tur- Turtle, Mr. Turtle would rather lose the U.S. Senate than actually do something and lose his position. Because if we have a Republican majority in the Senate, Mitch McConnell would lose. He would not be the leader. He would not have the leadership. And that's more important to him than this country. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. So a piece from The Federalist points out something that we all know about Mitch McConnell, but outlays it very well. Mitch McConnell, the current Republican leader in charge of keeping the Senate or or winning back the Senate, he would rather lose the Senate. He would rather lose the seat and lose our Republican majority than he would his leadership status. This story is from August 30th. So it may be a little bit out of date. He is doing fundraisers for Blake Masters right now, but he's not doing enough. He's pulling out advertising. He's this and that. He is a mess, and he's not fighting for his party, the party that he's supposed to represent. He is the leader of the party. He is the leader of the Senate Leadership Fund. They are scrapping $8 million of ads for Arizona. Um, They were scrapped... I think it was for September. Now they're going to start in October. The super PAC's move will ex- uh, exacerbate that Kelly edge as Republicans seek to net the one seat needed back to take the Senate control. In defense of the decision, SLF President Stephen Law told Politico that while the move is leaving the door wide open in Arizona, they also want to move additional resources to other offensive opportunities that have become increasingly competitive. All right. Mitch McConnell, tune in. Listen right now. I know you're listening. All right. Let me give you some races you need to spend money on. Arizona with Blake Masters. Pennsylvania with Dr. Ross. Um, what's his name up in... <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on the name in New Hampshire. Those three races are very winnable. Maybe a little bit in Wisconsin. Maybe a little bit in Ohio. And that pretty much rounds out the group. If you want to be good and spend the money in a good way... Put some in Kelly Tabishka up in, uh, or however you pronounce her last name, up in Alaska. But right now, every time I turn on the radio and I get in my car and I drive and I turn on the radio to talk radio, the taxing Tim Ryan and his new tax policies is going to hurt the average American. May be true, but the Senate Leadership Fund doesn't need to play at every single ad break. Why are they spending so much money in safe red seats? J.D. Vance is not losing. Mark John, or Ron Johnson really isn't losing either, but it wouldn't be bad to put a little bit of money there in Wisconsin. And he's cutting ads in Arizona. Blake Masters, the last nonpartisan poll, Trafalgar, he was losing. That's important. That's something we need to stop. In no sen- scenario right now, pardon me, should Blake Masters be losing? He is uh, the Republican for governor is winning. The Republican for attorney general is winning. The other state positions are winning Republican. Blake Masters is the one guy behind. Put your money where your mouth is, Mitch McConnell. Do you want to win back the Senate? Or do you want your leadership position? Is it more important to you to keep the same Republicans that are in there right now and gain no seats whatsoever and possibly lose seats? Or do you want 
a Republican majority and stop what Biden's doing. And this is where I, I question the thoughts of Mitch McConnell lover Lindsey Graham, Lady G, uh, the thoughts of Mitch McConnell himself. Why are they doing such stupid things right before the, the elections? And I know I don't like using that word on the air. But they are proposing a nationwide abortion ban 40 days before the election. They are proposing taking money out of Arizona, making taking money out of Pennsylvania. How is this a good idea to, for this country? If you actually dislike Brandon and dislike what Brandon stands for, if you actually dislike what the left is doing in our country, you have the power to change it. You have the power to fight for candidates that can win in seats that are winnable. Every seat right now at this point, besides that, like, like very much, like, uh, Hawaii's not going to flip. Colorado could flip. New Hampshire could flip. Uh, Nevada. I forgot about Nevada. Uh, Adam Laxalt needs money as well in Nevada. Put some money where your mouth is. Literally. If you want to stop the Biden administration, if you want to stop the radical left, put your money where your mouth is and actually support these candidates and give them money and give them resources that they can use to win the battle. It's your job. You're the leader of the party. You're the person in charge of getting more Republicans in office. Do it. Do your job. And stop choosing Mitch McConnell loyalists in D30 seats over the future of this country because you don't want to lose your leadership position. That's insanely selfish. And it will only hurt the country forever in, a long, in, in the short term and in the long term. Damage for this country will forever be done if Mitch McConnell doesn't take his own loyalists and get them out of there. And stop worrying about his loyalists over the rest of the country and the rest of the races. Plenty of wonderful races are out there. Mitch McConnell has to do something about it. Let's move on to some more news about the, this exact topic, actually. Peter Thiel, who I cri- cri- uh, criticized in the primary, who was only spending money in the primary to get Blake Masters and J.D. Vance in the Senate. He is now doing a fundraiser for Blake Masters. Peter Thiel is doing more for the Republican Party and more for the country than Mitch McConnell. The invite list Peter Thiel as the host for the Masters campaign event and says the gathering is set to take place on September 30th at his $5 million home in Los Angeles. Uh, these type of events are important to Masters, which has, which has who has been significantly outraised by Mark Kelly. Masters campaign has just about $5 million. Mark Kelly has $54 million. Republican leaders and campaign officials, including Mitch, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, have reportedly asked Thiel to help J.D. Vance and Masters in the general election. And I'm glad he's finally doing it. I'm not a big Peter Thiel fan. I'm really not. I don't agree with his lifestyle choices. I don't agree with some of his primary choices. But he is... He's who we need. Should he be in leadership in the party? Probably. He's better than Ronna McDaniel. He's definitely better than Mitch McConnell. He's better than Rick Scott. He's better than... Kevin McCarthy? Maybe he should be in some sort of position in, in the party. Would he be have to be bought out for that? I, I don't know the pol- I, I don't know the plan and how you actually get in to the party. Peter Thiel should though. 
the resources he's putting behind JD Vance, behind Peter, or I'm sorry, uh, Blake Masters, are going to change this race and going to change this country's outlook. And he's doing more than the sitting Republican leader for the Republican Party. He's doing more than the sitting Republican chairwoman for the Republican Party. He's doing more for our country and for our party and for our Senate than party leadership. Maybe he should be in leadership. I I really don't know at this point. But thank you, Peter Thiel, for doing this fundraiser, for getting him across the finish line. He can win if we unite. If the McConnell bros, if the Peter Thiel bros, if the America Firsters and the neocons all unite behind Blake Masters, behind J.D. Vance, behind Adam Laxalt, behind Dr. Oz, we can win. A news report came out of Arizona while we're talking about Arizona that reveals Katie Hobbs, who is the Democrat for governor, fought to eliminate the pledge, anthem, and constitution from Arizona schools. Um, she was shocked that Hobbs fought to keep them out of the classroom. On Tuesday, Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake revealed that her Democratic counterpart, Katie Hobbs, has fought to eliminate the Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem, and Constitution from being taught in elementary schools across the state. Lake slammed Hobbs for her voting record and warned Arizona of the consequences of a Hobbs government would have for their children. Uh, let's see, this clip is about three minutes long. I don't think we have time for that today. Uh, here's, a cl- here's a quote from it. In Hobbs' Arizona, your kindergartner wouldn't learn the Pledge of Allegiance, but your precious five-year-old will be taught about sex. Lake described the Pledge, the Anthem, and the Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence as American cornerstones and pillars of our great nation, saying she was shocked that Hobbs fought to keep them out of the classroom. Growing up in America, it was an absolute no-brainer for you and me to learn these things in school. Hobbs does not want that same education for our children. Lake explained that as a legislator, Hobbs had voted to block the aforementioned things along with the Mayflower Compact being taught to the next generation of students. Those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. Those who don't learn about the bad things that happen and the good things, I mean, those are all good things, are doomed for failure. Carrie Lake needs our support as well. Don't support her financially. I'm going to say that right now. I'm not a financial advisor, but her race is one. She is leading by six points in pretty much every poll. Katie Hobbs is not winning this governorship, but it will be Carrie Lake. Support Blake Masters instead if you want to support Arizona and support the future of our country. But every day, I believe Carrie Lake would have been a better nominee for Senate and maybe flip Blake Masters. I don't know. I don't know. They're both pretty good. But every day I realize that Carrie Lake is a great, great, great candidate for the governor of Arizona. We're going to return with a hit piece about a friend of the show. We'll talk about that when we return here on the Conservative Crusader for our final segment of the day here in just a second. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Did you ever think that the Associated Press, not uh, Politico, not the Daily Beast, not, I don't know, some other fringe left-wing outlet, would be reporting a hit piece on a friend of this program? This is a hit piece that has been gathered by AP. 
against a Republican candidate for office because they are challenging a Democratic incumbent that and he is going to win. So we couldn't get JR on in this short period of time. I really didn't know I was recording tonight, to be honest. Campaigning for a Northwestern Ohio congressional seat, Republican Jared Majewski presents himself as an Air Force combat veteran who deployed to Afghanistan after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, once describing tough conditions, including a lack of running water, that forced him to go more than 40 days without a shower. I have never heard in any of my research of J.R. Majewski, heard him say these things, heard him say these claims. Maybe he did. Uh, they indicate Majewski never deployed to Afghanistan, completed a six-month stint helping to load planes at an airbase in, in Qatar, a long U.S. ally that is safe distance from the fighting. That's their first thing, is he didn't have his military service correct on his website or whatever, whatever he's, wherever he said it. Whatever. And that's the title of the show. That's the biggest thing is is that, that title. And let's move on. Scrolling down probably 20 paragraphs. Since gaining traction for Congress, Majewski has denied that he's a follower of the QAnon conspiracy theory while downplaying his participation in the Capitol right. All right. We are two minutes into the segment. Scroll down this piece a little bit after describing his military service in like 16 different ways. The same thing in 16 different ways. Now we're on QAnon. I'm going to remind you the title of the program, our title of this piece. Ohio GOP House candidate has misrepresented military service. That's the title. Now let's scroll down here again. QAnon, Capitol Riot, 2020 election. He says that he's an executive in the nuclear power energy or industry. He talked about that on this program. If you missed that interview, you can go back and listen to that. He talked about that on the program. He said his former employees don't support the claim. So he is, okay, I, I'm going to wrap this story up in five seconds. Jeremy Majewski is terrible. Uh, Marcy Capter is great. Vote for her. That's the campaign. That That's this campaign that they're running. Why are they running a hit piece? Why is the Associated Press? That's, this is what I want to know. The Associated Press is supposedly a really good piece of journalism that represents everyone fairly and equally. Why don't they run a hit piece about the 40 years that Marcy Kaptur's been in office and done nothing for Northwest Ohio? Why don't they run a hit piece about Joe Biden, his policies, and how they're hurting the average American? Why don't they run a hit piece about Tim Ryan lying every day on his commercials? Because J.R. Majewski is a threat to the system, a threat to their establishment, a threat to their best friend, Marcy Kaptur. He is a threat. If the roles were reversed and Donald Trump decided to run for Speaker of the House with no prior experience in politics or whatever else you want to say, the exact same piece in some way, shape, or form would be ran against him as well. Because it doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's bipartisan, it doesn't matter if it's fair, it doesn't matter if they're even known about it, if they even know about it, if they've been told that the piece is going to run. Because as long as it fits their left-wing political narrative that the AP has, that the Washington Post has, that the New York Times has, that every place that's running this story has, because it's the Associated Press. A lot of newspapers, like their websites and everything, has it to automatically post 
AP articles. Let's go here. I'm going to a Columbus area news channel because I don't know any up in the Sandusky area. I'm not from that area. If we scroll down here, let's just search J.R. Majewski on their website, folks. Let's see. I haven't I haven't tested this beforehand, so I could be wrong. But I know they're Associated Press affiliates at AP. Or at the, I guess not, maybe. Yep, here it is. Yep, there it is. Right there. Jerry Majewski represented military service in the related tab of a bug article, an article about ticks. All right, well, that's where we're at, folks. We have the big media conglomerates, not just CNN, not just MSDNC, not just the Washington Post or the New York Times, but every publication across the nation is against us, against Republicans, against J.R. Majewski, against conservatives, against America First, publicly. They are now to the point that they're running hit pieces against our guys. That's how you know we're winning. They wouldn't be running this hit piece against someone that's not winning. if it, they, They're not running a hit piece against, uh, what's the name? The, the guy who's running against Joyce Beatty. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. They're not running hit pieces against him because he has no chance against the establishment, against this gerrymandered district to support Joyce Beatty. But Jerry Majewski has a good shot, a fantastic shot at shutting down Marcy Kaptur, and it's going to happen. Hopefully we have him on the program one more time before the election. If not, right after the election, he promised it on the program. I'll play that clip. Maybe next Tuesday we'll play the clip of him promising an interview right after the election. We'll cover that here on the Conservative Crusader. As always, every story we report on, we try to follow it up if there are any more developments. And we are following this race very closely. I actually have like notifications on our, our, uh, our website. <laughs> um, on, on the on the Google, I should say, and we have I cannot speak today. But my goodness, we have notifications on the on Google if something happens in Ohio's ninth. So we're following that as close as possible, and we are going to head out for today on the Conservative Crusader Red Future Radio Network, wherever you get your podcast on the air, on your favorite podcast app, wherever you listen. Tuesdays and Thursdays, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today's episode was pre-recorded at like 12 p.m. So if something major happens today, sorry, folks. <laughs> My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader Red Feature Radio Network. GOP Josh 20 is my uh, Twitter and Instagram. My website is gopjosh.com. Thank you for listening. As always, I love hosting this program for you. And stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 